Discover the Mediterranean secret to optimal health and longevity with GMT 23 Greek Mountain Tea from Terry Naturally. These capsules are stronger than a cup of brewed tea and support overall health, including liver health, digestion, and cognitive function. Now for the first time ever, this botanical is available in supplemental form in the United States. Find GMT 23 Greek Mountain Tea at your local health food store or terrynaturalvitamins.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Born in South Africa under the oppression of apartheid, it was the birthday gift of a one-string guitar given to Jonathan Butler by his father that set him on his life's path. Discovering his natural talent at a young age, Jonathan began to tour professionally, which exposed him to life outside of South Africa. Now, over the years, he became a national icon and the first non-white artist to be played on segregated South African radio and appear on national television. Now, his newest album, Ubuntu, is full of messages of love, peace, and unity. Like the philosophy of Ubuntu, he shares on his latest album and the great men of Tutu, Mandela, and Wonder before him. Now, Jonathan Butler has a vision to do even more to obtain peace and collaboration among all people to change the world. Now, the album features 11 songs, including When Love Comes In, featuring blues singer Keb Moe, plus the funk love song No Tomorrow, and a highlight of the album being Stevie Wonder's classic, Superwoman with Stevie Wonder himself on harmonica. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome one of the world's greatest artists, Jonathan Butler, to the show. Welcome, sir. Oh, thanks for having me, man. What a fantastic introduction. I appreciate that. Well, That's I, amazing. Well, I think you absolutely deserve it. And uh, I've fallen in love with your brand new album. I'm so, I'm so grateful. You know, it's, uh, it was um, quite an experience for me because uh, I was probably, do you see these gold records behind me? Those were... I, I received those in, in 1974, so I was probably 13. So that was that was the last time I was in the studio in South Africa. So to go back now as a you know 61 year old and go make a record in South Africa was really a, a piece of history for me, a memory that I will not forget. I went back home to connect, reconnect with my roots and 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 my friends and and make a record, you know, feeling like South Africa, having that sound, having that melodies uh, come across. And um, who, 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 who better than Marcus Miller to be there with me to experience what it's really like to be in the studio in South Africa. So it was an incredible time for me, great making it. And then COVID came and stopped everything. We actually, we had to stop the whole thing, you know, because of COVID, you know, so it's, um, and then we picked it up again when COVID started to die out. We picked the record back up again and we realized that we had a, a beautiful album that we were working on. Um, and then things changed also. I, I started, you know, you know, seeing the, the devastation of COVID. And then that's when Love Comes In with Kev Mo came in, you know, and I co-wrote that with a really dear friend of mine, um, Tommy Sims. And... Um, you know, addressing the issues of the day is always something that that I'm that I'm attracted to or, or that I focus on. Even when I'm performing live, I might have a set list live, but then when I get to the venue and I kind of feel the atmosphere in the room, 
I'll change my mind and, and switch the set list to something else. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, and it's and it's understandable, understandable to even do that because, you know, with all artists, you know, it's great to to read the room, but at the same time, just kind of knowing what what kind of vibe there's what kind of vibe is going on when you yeah, step into I, the I, venue I, or step on stage. You know, it's I throughout my career, I've I I've just heard people I've had people come up to me after a concert uh, and just share testimony with me. Um, I just recently, we just recently played um, Aretha Franklin Amphitheater in Detroit last week. And um, I remember this gentleman from my record company, his wife was diagnosed with colon cancer and uh, she sat right in front that night of the, of the show. And just something happened, I guess I sang I sang kind of to her, you know, I sang a song that I wrote called Falling in Love with Jesus. You know, I wrote the song years ago and I sang the song because it was a popular song. And, uh, and but somehow she came backstage and she was, oh my God, she said, look, when you were singing up there, I felt this incredible heat that came over me. I was just diagnosed today and I came over and I met her last week. And last week she said, man, I'm free. I'm, I'm, I'm free from this, from cancer. So I kind of really like to read the environment, the room that I'm in, because you may, I just want to sing. I want to make sure that I'm connecting, you know, it's always about making that connection with the audience. Cause I internalize everything. I, I'm one of those artists that don't sing with my eyes open and, you know, kind of wave at people, you know, and point at this one. And I kind of go deeply inside of myself and my eyes are closed and I'm internalizing the music and I want to feel something. I want to feel that I'm, uh, I'm also connecting with my instrument and, and, and each, the choices I make is really important, you know. Um, but Ubuntu, I got to be honest with you, I, I, I haven't felt so good in a while about a project. It really, uh, it's really brought me out. Uh, it's it really brought out who I am. Um, and it's really given me that liberty and freedom now to just go on stage and represent this person that I've always wanted to be. You know, I'm a world music. I consider myself a world music artist, um, South African with lots of stories. If you meet South Africans, you'll, 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 you'll notice they have lots of stories. Every South African you ever run into has a story and a long one. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, what does the word Ubuntu mean? Ubuntu is a, it means humanity towards others. It simply means humanity towards others. It means I am because you are, you know, I am connected to you. We are connected. I exist because of you, you know. And that is a, an extension, uh, even the handshake, um, which is so different when you go throughout South Africa and, and, and you meet somebody that will shake your hand, they literally would reach out to you, like, you know, truly reach out to you to really show you that they mean to shake your hand. And it's important that you sort of feel that embrace and so that it's throughout of the throughout of Africa. I have, uh, and I've also learned being around Desmond Tutu. I've also learned being around, you know, Nelson Mandela and, and 
certain great people where I feel like their spirits are so light. They are yet they, they such great minds, but their spirit is like that of a kid, of a child. They funny, you know, they're not always that serious. So I think, uh, I, I think I thought that I was thinking that this morning before I even got to this interview is that as a nation, we must be able to laugh at it, at ourselves sometimes. We can't take ourselves too seriously, you know? And yeah. so Ubuntu is, is always a continuing extension of my love for people and my humanity towards people. Even at times when it hurts, I mean, during the struggle of apartheid, when I was a little boy, you know, seeing whites only signs and colored only signs and black only signs and Indian signs on every building, um, and just having had to, that that personal encounters where I was, you know, usually uh, I was actually you know uh, approached negatively by white South Africans or even here in the states, I I kind of had to really show that really had to show through my anger even when I was I, not that I was suppressing my anger it was like I had to deal with it differently you know I had to come away trying to have a conversation with the person that kind of impacted me in such a negative way, I would try to have a conversation and to, to get to know why, why, you know, is it my t-shirt? Is it the color of my skin? Did I say something, you know, uh, is there, a, can we talk about this? Because, you know, racism is real and, and, and segregation in South Africa, you know, having grown up in that environment, I'm sort of, I've become sort of acutely sensitive of where I am in the world. Anyway. Oh, sure. I mean, did music provide you um, an escape or an avenue to live within apartheid? But at the same time, it was the avenue that uh, led you outside of South Africa. For many of my musician friends, for many of the artists that I, you know, I was five years old when I was in this business, starting out in this business, singing in clubs that was whites only, actually. And so for many of the musicians that I observed as a kid and growing up, music was our escape, absolutely. We found peace. Um, we found freedom within, because we could not release our records. You know, we couldn't, I mean, everything we did was censored. So we would only hear American music. We would only hear British music on radio. Um, we would, you know, or Afrikaans music, which is Dutch music. Uh, but we'd never hear, you know, the likes of Yuma Sekela or Mary Makiba or, you know, any local music. So it was very much um, censored, boards, everything was censored. So music, jazz music, uh, even gospel music was something that we studied. And, you know, when most kids were sort of running around, playing out in the, in, in, in the streets, I was in my, my back room practicing my guitar. So yeah, it was like my girlfriend, it was like my wife, it was like, I never left it alone. It, it took me, it, it, it also educated me, you know, on a, in a much, more a deeper way music educated me because i was you know i didn't because i started so young i never went to school you know uh, so i learned english through music i learned geography through music i learned where i was you know in the world with on the map and um 
um, and all the things that I've observed. And I think I was like a sponge when I was a little boy. I had, you know, I figured out how to sit at a table with a knife and fork and eat a nice egg and some bacon. <laughs> Well, so, are, are you, well, Jonathan, are you amazed that you went from receiving a one-string guitar and just how the Lord's hand was upon you and guided you uh, up to this point? I mean, you know, like you said, South Africans have great, you know, have great stories, long stories. And I know for a fact you have many of those to share as well. Are you just amazed by God's grace? I am absolutely amazed by God's grace to be honest with you I am as I sit here today it's by grace I mean I I I, um, I was watching uh, a movie last night uh, for an example and in the middle of the movie I stopped the movie just to thank God in that moment there was a moment of grace I went to say goodbye to my children last night they were going to uh, on the trip and um, and, and the cat came to sit on my lap, uh, Penelope, and I love her to death. And she's, you know, and I just had a moment just to thank the Lord for um, just for his goodness. And um, I wrote my daughter a little note, you know, expressing that love through an, a text message to my daughter, just to let her know that uh, that I'm proud of her and I love her. And... Um, and in this moment, I'm thanking God right now. And he's my father and he is your father right now, you know. And so absolutely, I'm, I'm, you know, my mother used to say after I do a concert, you know, my mother used to say to me and I would give my mother the envelope where the money was in. And my mother would always say, God's going to bless you. And so to me, that blessing has extended over the, the course of my life into my children's life, into my grandchildren's life. And I think it's important to realize when we say bless you, what it really means, you know. And so it's been that, it's been really that, I'm really grateful. I mean, I, uh, you know, there was a time I, I, I couldn't get a company to, to give me a guitar, you know. But as I look around my room, there's, there's enough here to play. <laughs> so I am, I am deeply grateful, you know, and, and that's a great question. I, I think um, from one string guitar to, um, to, to having all that I need, you know, and it, to, be, to be really blunt this morning, and I think this is a good conversation, all that I need is, came from God. Well, the Lord always gives us more than enough and even more than we need. And, you know, he gives seed to the sower. And yes. you've been you've been sowing musical seeds for years, and, and just when you told the story of the woman on the front row who was diagnosed with colon cancer, and then then you sing a gospel song, and that tells me, and, and this is what I love about mainstream artists mm. who know who the Lord is, yeah. who who brings Him even within their performances, not knowing who may be sitting in the audience that needs that, that graceful, that spiritual, that miracle touch. And, yeah. uh, and then for the artist to hear about it, you know, later uh, in time, I mean, you've probably heard stories like that over and over again. Well, you know, I, it, this, this has been a lifelong um, 
desire and prayer of mine, you know, even when I was in the secular world as well, you know, I opened for Whitney Houston. And during those times, I mean, there'll be parties after the show and, you know, after parties and stuff. And I would always be crying out to God, God, please make it plain to me what you want me to be. Because here I am, you know, a South African kid who's actually on the international stage. It's every South African kid's dream to be on the international stage. And here I am opening for Whitney Houston and I'm on my knees saying, God, and I'm having heaps of my, of my own. You know, I'm on Johnny Carson, I'm on Solid Gold and VH1 and MTV, but I'm crying out for God's will and God's plan. So I found myself one time in, in, a, in um, San Antonio, I was performing a gig there and the next day, the Sunday, a, fr a pastor that came through that I know called me up and said, hey, look, why don't you come to my church on Sunday, you know, cancel your flight, I'll put you on another flight on Sunday, Sunday night, and you just come and hang out at church. So I said, okay. And I got there and my, my, it just so happens that my pastor from my church in Johannesburg, Pastor Ray McCauley, uh, who founded one of the biggest churches in Johannesburg and Bible schools. Uh, I mean, he's a true pillar of South Africa. One of the great leaders, I would say in my heart, from my heart. So Pastor Ray's there. And before the, before the, they call up Pastor Ray to preach. And he goes up to the pulpit and then he, he see, you know, he, he turns around and he looks at me and he walks right up to me with the microphone in front of all the congregation, congregation and says, you know, Jonathan, uh, God wants me to let you know that he's pleased with you. And that he was going to, he's going to use you um, in the, in the church and outside of the church. And, you know, that confirmed every desire I had prayed for over the years because I knew I had a calling outside of the secular jazz world. I knew something was different about the way I felt, you know, God had led me. And I was, you know, I was in Bible school, at school. I was thinking, you know, I was doing fasting. I was Bible studying with my past. I was doing, and I, and I knew there was something different. And, um, it freed me to realize that um, when I'm on stage now, it's not just entertainment, it's also ministry, and it's also imparting the love of God to people. And well, sharing it, with that people. calling, and, and this is an amazing calling, ladies and gentlemen, and, and Jonathan, that literally frees you up. Yes. Uh, in the areas of music where, you know, a lot of artists, you know, because of the way that they were um, developed, you know, yeah. they're, they're, they're living within a musical four walls of a, of a music genre and right. they most likely will never be able to get out of, but you have this absolute 100, 100% freedom to make music and to reach people of all kinds. Like you said, Outside of church, inside—I mean, outside of church, inside of church. Yes, that is an ultimate blessing, right there. Well, you know, I—I I, I have to share with you because I the the places 
that God has taken me, the places I've been, you know, I also do a cruise. I do a, a, a jazz cruise. And on this jazz cruise, I host a gospel hour, you know, and it's all musicians. Most of the music, I would say most of the musicians are probably of different faith or not at all, but they all voluntarily, you know, openly participate because maybe something, well, you know, this is the biggest thing on the cruise this week is the gospel. Jonathan Butler's gospel show is the biggest show. So I want to be part of it, but I welcome them to, to participate because you never know what God will do in that moment. You know, I mean, I've, I've shared with people like for, for an example, I've shared with people on the cruise, my, my struggle with, um, having been abused as a child in show business, you know, sexually abused as a child. And um, I, during, during one of my songs, I shared my testimony because I want people to understand that we, it's important for us to share our testimony each and every day, if we can with somebody, because they, you know, some people are maybe afraid to share what happened to them. But God has allowed me, I mean, he's emboldened me by the Holy Spirit to speak of it in a way that I don't, I'm no longer the victim. I'm now free in Christ to share with you, this is who I am, this is what's happened to me. And yet, here I am, lifting up my hands and praising God, you know. And I, I had a gentleman come right up to me uh, after this service on the cruise just weeping, just weeping with his wife. And she said he had struggled for years to just let it out, just to come to terms with telling somebody, you know. And I think that was me. It was like I had a lot of struggles telling somebody until the Holy Spirit, you know, until I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And I felt that that night when I was filled with the Holy Spirit in Johannesburg, my life changed. You know, I, I was praying in tongues. I could not stop praying in tongues. There was a tangible presence of God in the room and I couldn't stop, you know. I just could not stop. And um, and I feel, I feel the same way now. I feel like, you know, everything, as long as what I do just is just, you know, uh, justifies the calling on my life. Then, I'll, then I'm open to do it, but I'm not going to do something that, does, that doesn't edify and justify my calling. Well, know? amen to that. Now, your music actually made it inside the prison walls in which mm -hmm. Nelson Mandela listened to your music during his imprisonment. Uh, what, was your what was your reaction when he told, you, told that to you? Well, first of all, I mean, I'm this this lowly little meekly <laughs> me, you know, this little kid uh, who obviously standing in the presence of this great man um, was 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 in this in the state house, you know, where he's there with Prince Charles and the boys, and and I'm thinking, Lord, you know, this is this is like surreal, you know, to hear him say that my music had impacted them in prison. Believe me, I was in that prison cell. I mean, I sat inside the cell and I walked around that place and I, it, 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 it is, I go there every year 
for the last 10, 11 years, I've been going to the prison every year. Every year I hear a, a, a different a, a story, whether it's embellished or not. But there is a, in the prison courtyard where he wrote the book, The Long Road to Freedom, in the very corner is a grapevine. And last year I went back to that same courtyard and I sat at the, at, in, underneath the grapevine and I looked at the roots of the grapevine and it, it expanded, it was deep, it was strong, and there was grapes hanging from it. And I said to my wife, look at this. Even out of the ashes, out of death and, and struggle, life still comes through here. There's still life in the grape, there's still life in the vine. There is life in this vine, in this principle. Nobody, everybody walks right past it. I'm the one that said me going, there is still life in this vine, you know. So it was deep for me to uh, very, it was like, you know, and they had the radio, it, they had like an hour radio at night when they were in prison. And I was part of their big discussion. I would like to think and hope one day, you know, God willing, that I would be a, a part of the generations that's now their stories. I'd be a part of their story. Um, because I think it's, a, I can, you know, there's a great responsibility that we carry on us to maintain. And like I said, the, the cross is under fire these days. You know, the cross is under fire these days. It shows for, me that that grapevine within those prison walls that, you know, we as believers are to produce fruit for the kingdom of God. Right. And even within that confinement, yeah, we can still bear fruit that's for him. I'm, and that's I think I think you got a song in there somewhere on that on that story there, Jonathan. I I, I, I believe so. I actually do believe so. There is uh there is life in that vine. There's still life in the vine, you know. And uh, um and I and I even though the cross is under fire. There's still life in the vine, so that's there that's going to be, gonna well, be I, the song. <laughs> I want to ask you about your brand new album, Ubuntu, and you covered Stevie Wonder's "Superwoman," and yeah. not only, and not only that, Stevie's playing on the song with you. What was it like working with Stevie Wonder? It it was a dream come true. It, it's I I don't think. He understands what a dream come true it is. It was was for me to first of all to muster up the courage to call him to uh, was that was an that was hard because you know I I, I think one of my pastor friends said to me uh, be careful you know with your idols and you know and your and your, and your favorite people you may be disappointed so I didn't want to be disappointed you know but. Um, I reached out. I reached out to him, and um, I was playing golf. And on the golf course, I reached out to him, and I said, "You know, would you consider? You know, uh, uh, I recorded your song in South Africa." And he knew. He knew me. You know, he sings "Falling in Love with Jesus" all the time at uh, you know at uh, Angelus Temple in in L.A. and and at Bishop oh, um, at Bishop Blake's church. So I, I've seen him on TVN singing my song. So. 
I reached out and he called me back and I said, you know, I really want to send you something, you know, and I sent him um, my version, South African version of Superwoman. And um, 7.30 a.m. the next morning, I got a call, a voice message from him. And he was so um, gracious. He said, thank you for the gift you gave me this morning. I was just praying with my kids before they went to school and you sent me a gift. And he said, what can I do for you? I want to give a gift back to you. And so I, I, you know, I wanted to say, can you just, you know, just write a note or, you know, he said, meet me at my studio at nine o'clock. And so we rushed, Marcus Miller and I rushed to the studio and, and there, there, there comes this tall guy, you know, my hero comes in and um, he pulls out a suitcase that has about 10 harmonicas in there. And he picks one, he goes through them and he picks one out and he starts practicing and, you know, feeling if this is the right one. And it was unbelievable. It was just, he was done in 20 minutes. And then we spent four hours sitting in the studio, listening to his music, listening to his stories. And I, I was just smiling from ear to ear because I, it, it's been a lifelong, if there was anybody in show business that I wanted to really meet and be in the same room, it was Stevie. It was always him. I felt he had a, um, I felt a spiritual connection with his um, sense of uh, writing music for for the times. You know, he was always in season with his, his writings. You know, uh, whether it be a love song or whether it be something that's socially conscious. So I wanted to be that person that had that consciousness went about, um, and not just you know not just write songs. I mean, when I was younger, I did write a lot, a lot of love songs that trust me, some of them I don't want to sing anymore, but um, <laughs> but it, it was all part of the growth for me. You know, writing was always part of the growth for me. Now I, I feel like I'm in, in a, a good place musically. Um, and thanks to Ubuntu for just, you know what, you gotta really, you, you really gotta, I, I, I was in search for myself creatively when I did this record because prior to it, I was just not very happy. You know, I was very uncomfortable with the smooth jazz, whatever. I, I, I just didn't feel I connected or fit. There was, I just couldn't, I couldn't, you know, I just had a very different feeling about where I wanted to be. You're not bigger, that. you're bigger than one genre and the Lord's already shown you that. And the blessing upon you is that you can dip your toe into every musical genre and make it work. And the fans love it. I mean, I mean, when when I, I was, I've been listening to your album over and over again and I kept thinking, and it didn't hit me until this morning. I was like, I know that voice. I know that voice. I know there's a there, there's a gospel sound to that voice, but what is it? And all of a sudden it goes, wait a minute. Your voice is in such in tune and in line with this with the Stevie Wonder-esque sound to it, where it's ageless, it's timeless. Um there's there's a youth uh within your voice that I absolutely love. And then you did the song with Keb Moe, 
on yes. When Love Comes In. Now, both of your voices absolutely work so mm -hmm. well together. And again, within that song, I hear a bit of gospel influence in that song. But for you, what was the inspiration behind that song and working with Keb Moe? Who I'm um, absolutely a big fan of, by the way. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. He's a sweet guy. He's he, actually when I called him, he said, "You don't need me to sing on your song." You, yeah, I mean, you can. You Jonathan Butler. I said, "No." I said, "No, Kim. I really would love for you to be on this album." Um, when love comes in, was I wrote it right in the middle of COVID when it was when we had when when I started seeing people piled up in refrigerators in on the news and people dying all around us, you know. Um, I was inspired to write that song because of what I'd seen through COVID. And um, the only person I knew to call uh, to write it with me was Tommy Sims. And I was, and I, you know, Tommy wrote, um, uh, if I could change the world, and I was always a fan of his singing and his playing, and he's 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 a talented, gifted guy, and I wanted to make a statement about COVID and when love comes in, and you know, um, it, it, the every the, the lyric, you know, uh, we have found ourselves here against our will, you know. It's uh, against our will, all of the stuff happened, you know, and uh, I, I knew our world has changed again, you know, our world changed again. Some say God paused, we, we were on a pause, life was as, at a pause at one point, and we've all had to figure out how to live in this, in this craziness, you know. And so it was COVID that really inspired that song. And when, you know, um, uh, there's a great line there. Um, uh, I don't know for sure, but I don't know how the story ends. At the end, all I can say, love will lead the way. And this is when love comes in. And um, finding that, finding that messages and that's that hope within this crazy place that we found ourselves in is what the song represented to me. And when Marcus said, man, Ken Mo would be awesome to, you know, have him do the verse on it. And then there's this blues, um, bluegrass or blues element to it that Ken brings so, so effortlessly into the song. Um, I just think it, it's been, it's a really important moment for me, um, having made this album, even to the artists that we chose, to do the album cover, um, it, it's it's just a, a moment that I don't know. It's I was in South Africa for two months, February, March of this year, and I was just out there by myself. My wife was here in LA, and uh, I was in our new home, and, and every morning I would wake up and sit outside, have a coffee, have the Word of God in front of me, and the mountain was right next to me. I could see the mountains from my, from my outside backyard you know and and it, that mountain was such a metaphor or example of god's power of god's might of god's comfort of god's protection um and just a constant reminder that you know his steadfastness is unbelievable in my life you know and to finally take me home uh where i now own a home and i can rest there 
I can find peace in my own little quietness, you know. And sometimes it, it takes me, sometimes you have to travel. I don't mind traveling 14 hours just to find some peace of mind sometimes because, you know, we're living in such a busy city, Los Angeles. It's busy. It's, it's, um, now that I'm older, I realize the importance of just stillness and being alone and being, you know, I have my beautiful children, but they're adults. I have two grandkids. And so they always make me happy when I see them, you know, um, but I'm blessed. I'm really blessed. I really thank God that that um, that this morning has turned out to be so beautiful as well. Chatting with you. Well, I will. Well, let's 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 add a little bit more peace to that because there is an absolute. And ladies and gentlemen, you have got to get this album Ubuntu. It is a blessing beyond anything you can ever imagine. But there is a very beautiful song on this album, Jonathan. Peace and shelter which was yes. co-composed with Yellow Jackets keyboardist Russell Ferrente. And yes. I literally could listen to this song all day. It is so beautiful. I mean, I was listening to it again this morning. And as it plays, I kept listening. I mean, I listen to music like I read a book. I mean, I, mean, I like yeah. to, to get into it, to ponder yeah. it, to think about it. But, but as that song plays... It rises in hope. And I was just like, oh, and I said, there's the change. And, and then you can you can feel it and you can hear it rise. But you, yes. you not only, and I know this is an instrumental, but I will add to the fact that when, even when you sing, either from singing or playing, you bring out absolute true emotion. But in this song, it's probably one of the, the, the most beautiful instrumentals I've ever heard. I'm so glad that you mentioned Peace and Shelter because it's exactly what I wanted to, um, to, to share, to share with, with people. Peace in Shelter. Uh, and again, this was during the whole COVID time, you know, during the lockdown, you know. Um, I said, well, I, we are all in lockdown. Let me, let me look at my Rolodex or whatever, my contacts and and reach out to, to me personally, Russell Ferrante is one of the great teachers of, of piano and, and jazz and everything that I've loved him. I mean, I remember I was 19 years old when I became a Christian and my, my, my late brother-in-law was a, a huge Yellow Jackets fan. And he actually was the reason I said, oh, if you, so you mean you can be a Christian and still dig yellow jackets? Oh, this is cool, you know? So I kind of, um, so I connected with Russell uh, Ferrante on Peace and Shelter. And it's exactly what I wanted to share, that we can have peace in, in our space, or we can have peace in the storm, we can have peace in the valley, we can have peace in, in our homes. If we can just, you know, it's almost the, it's almost like, you know, uh, in the Old Testament when they had to put blood on the door and the angels would pass, angels of, you know, would pass over. The, I think for me, that song, we now play it. I mean, Peace and Shelter is such a piece of music that it's not just a song that you can just play. It, it has these really... It, it's a truly beautiful composition. So we just started playing and, and, and there is a stillness in the room 
there's even the stillness with us as we sit there and and really, you know, ponder deeply what we're playing and let it come across, you know. So it's um and that all came through that that, that time when we were in lockdown. You know, this is um you know, I, I I've heard people say, I've heard maybe one artist say, uh, oh, you know, during lockdown, you know, we just wanted to make people music that make people happy, you know, we don't people to be sad, you know. And I get it, I get that. But I also feel you have to also allow yourself to to look around and, and, and say something about what you see. What are you seeing? You know, what is what is out there? Can you see something that I'm seeing? Because actually I remember one day walking out with my dog and there was not a plane in the sky. Like or I could I could hear the birds for the first time. It was like the the skies were beautiful. You know, and I was like, oh, man, I mean, I should treasure this moment. I just got to treasure this moment because look at now, we're back to square one where you can't even get to the airport on time. You know, it's just, um, but that is, I just wanted to share that with people. You know, I think uh, peace in shelter, maybe even find, maybe find, may we find peace in shelter today where we are. You know? It's a beautiful song. And, it, and at least for you and you and I, that that's a perfect song to have playing in the background very softly, even during morning devotions. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. It's it's and then you know I, I another song that really uh, that really gives me a smile is um, I I just simply call it springtime in Africa, and when I hear the chant. You know, I think of the Kalahari Desert. I think of, you know, uh, places that I go to in South Africa. And it's just a, a childhood memory of brighter days, beautiful days in South Africa growing up, listening to uh, traditional music, musicians playing from different parts of the world, uh, of South Africa. And so I, I think um, this is one of those projects that I feel really, Really, I haven't had this feeling in a in a while, you know, in in a while making a record, because I was we I do a safari every year, you know. We got another one coming up. It's going to be my eleventh year doing my safari, and about forty people sign up to travel to South Africa, and I host them for like two weeks. And um, when we started this project, I was in we were in the bush, and I was sitting with Marcus Miller in my in my in my in my cabin in the bush and i said hey um would you would you be open to producing my album you know and i had my laptop with me and i played him a few songs and i stopped and i said you know um it was coming home yes i played coming home and i stopped and i said you know i came home just I'm, i came home in search for my, uh, in search of myself i'm actually back home looking for me because i'm I really don't know what what's inside of me right now. I don't know. I don't have anything uh, of significance musically that I'm excited about. Um, and I feel like somebody else needs to drive the car and I just want to be a passenger. I want to sit in the back and somebody must drive my car. And I said, because I feel very stuck right now. I'm just in a creative lull. There's nothing going on. And I, I should rather just wait and wait or 
this is an opportunity. I'm taking the opportunity to ask you, would you produce my record? And this is in the jungle. We like in, you know, lions and, and, and leopards and, you know, rhinos everywhere, elephants everywhere. And, and he agreed. And um, we ended up in Johannesburg for three days in a studio, just cutting these tracks. And, and um, it was an amazing experience. I mean, three days of just um, pushing out all this music and all the South African musicians, they heard Marcus Miller's in the studio, so they were just, they heard I was there, so they, the studios were packed with musicians, just taking pictures, videos, and crying. Some were crying, some was praying, believe me. There were some praying, some crying. Um, so it was a real spiritual pilgrimage for me, uh, searching for my musical identity. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but but there was definitely a need for me to connect with my roots musically. I'm gonna I I wholeheartedly agree because I love the mixture of the songs from from singing to the instrumentals. The whole album just flows with a musical grace and and I think with this this album, I literally will call it the Jonathan Butler signature album, the signature sound. You found yourself, and these these songs just they just flow so well together, and and it kind of brings me to the very last song. It's actually a bonus song on the album yeah. called "Our Voice Matters." Yes. Um, what was the story behind that song? I co-wrote um, <clears throat> Our Voices Matter with an old friend of mine, uh, Michelle Weiss. Uh, she's an Emmy-winning writer, you know, television and all that stuff. And But we've been friends for a long time. Actually, when I moved to L.A. the first time, this is over 20 years ago, um, Our Voices Matter... <clears throat> George Floyd was just killed, um, and I was here at home, and I was struck, uh, deeply struck, ha having lived in South Africa and having seen, you know, I was, I was uh, when I met Desmond Tutu, uh, he had founded the Reconciliation, um, Truth and Reconciliation movement that we marched in South Africa for. And in that, the police would come and share with the families what they've done to their, to their kids, you know, the horrific stuff. And so it triggered something very deep in me. It was a very big trigger for me. And I, I, I wanted to, I, I, I needed a place to put my feelings, you know, and the only way I could put it was in the song. And I, and it was, Our Voices Matter was a conversation that I had started with Dave Cause, um, a lot of my white friends, you know, in the music business, and, and also either black musicians. But I had a conversation about what do we, what is our, what is our role here as musicians and artists? Do we not say anything? Do we keep playing? Do we keep just playing? 
and keep taking games and not say nothing like this is this is one of the biggest things that happened in our planet on our TV and and I said to Dave I said you know you you have a voice I have a voice we have a platform we have fans that may want to hear what we think maybe you're afraid of your base maybe you don't want to upset your base but I said I said I'm at a place in my life I don't really I don't really care anymore what my base. I said, I think my base will like my honesty if I speak it in love and, 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 and speak it in truth. And so we, I wrote the song with Michelle and, and um, I asked all these musicians to participate. And believe me, I had seen, it was the first time I saw, you know, my, my white counterparts, friends that I played with all the time, just weep. And just cry and and and, re, and and just I think that conversation helped all of us just before we even went into the studio to cut the track and and I think it was just a real uh, trigger and a sense because I I literally prior to that was experiencing racial attacks here I mean uh, a few times one in Napa Valley and one right in the in the Whole Foods store nearby my house, you know, and and so I think it all kind of um, it's a combination of all of that and, and and the need to really write a song that I think you know needs needed to be said from my heart to to um, to those that will hear, you know, um, our voices do matter, you know, our voices do matter. We um, as musicians, we have a platform to, we don't have to have a full out, you know, political conversation with people on stage, uh, but we can sing something, uh, you know, whether it's the answers in the wind or you got a friend, um, uh, lean on me. Um, but yeah, yeah, I go, you know, I feel like this is my, this was my, my opportunity to put to, to put forth my my feelings about what I saw, because I, when I saw my grandchild, my 15 year old grandchild protesting in L.A., it just reminded me. I kind of it sort of ignited this fire that I had at her age, you know, marching in South Africa for for freedom, you know. So it's just a, a combination of things that put it all together for me, you know, and. Um, and I love the song. I think I think you know the way Michelle writes and the melodies that I come up with is, it's just um, keeping you know those songs to me. There's always a place in the world for a song like that because you never know when you get called. But you said it perfectly, and if you speak from the heart, you speak honestly, and you speak with love, yeah, then. I think it'll be far more well received than some yeah. of the artists, and and I get it with some of the artists that they that do speak out. Right. They do speak out in anger, but a lot of the anger is frustration, and right. and I understand it. Right. But we we have a polarizing public. We have a polarizing political view in this country that I have not seen in. Gosh, I don't think we, it's been polarizing since what nineteen sixty eight in America. But right. by operating and speaking in love, 
I think the message is far more powerful and it reaches people because love doesn't offend. No, 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 no. It's like first Corinthians 13, you know, it's the, it's the love verse and love isn't arrogant and it isn't rude. No, no. And we need to, we need to keep that in mind. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and like I think you said it, you know, if you if you're writing music from a place of anger and you want to make that statement in the place of anger, anger will receive that, you know, not love will receive that, you know. Because you're planting that seed. Yes, and I think you know who I am. I'm I'm sort of I, I I believe that that I you know I I have the love of God in my heart. So if I'm if I'm if I'm and and here's the thing. I think to to many that are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. You know, those that are led by the Spirit of the Lord are sons of God. And when you are led to do something that you know is by the Holy Spirit, you do not have to apologize to people. Mm-hmm. Oh, I meant this. No, love, you know, um, when love comes in, um, our voices matter, rainbow nation. It's it's the optimism uh, that, again, that I have, the optimism that love kind of, you know, permeates. And, 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 well, there is so much love in this album, Jonathan. And I have to say, I really like the, the groove of Silver Rain. <laughs> Yeah, I, that was a Marcus Miller. Uh, I love Silver Rain, too. I love it a lot. As a matter of fact, he wrote that for Eric Clapton. You know, he said he wrote that for Eric Clapton years and years ago. And he played me a version that Eric was actually singing the song, you know. And so I said, man, I I said, first of all, I, I was telling, I was saying it to myself. How do I, how do I work with a guy who's produced all Luther Van Ross hits, you know, you know, well, Aretha Franklin, Miles Davis, but he put this groove on the table, Silver Rain, and I just, you know, I, I got a chance to open up on guitar. I got a chance to, um, and it, it's, it's a great, it's a great tune. And I think, you know, my challenge now that I, I love, I wouldn't say challenge, I think there's a real um, shift uh, this album has really shifted me to a new place, in a, to a place where I'm taking the whole record and, and putting it on stage in front of people. You know, I, I like we we we're actually doing most of the album already on you know on live, and and it's been amazing how it's been received. You know, because usually people they don't want to hear new songs. They may want to hear maybe one. You know, you know maybe two. But they want to hear the old hits, you know. Are you gonna, are you gonna do this, you know? But we presenting a new page to the audience and and the fans, and so far it's been so well received. I mean, I after every song, I I hear this uh, applause and this this um, acceptance, you know, from the audience, and it's just very very encouraging. And so. Um, it is a, a a real shift. There, there's my my life has really kind of shifted musically, and in so many ways now, I feel coming into my own is it's 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 been something I've been sort of you know 
I've been yearning for this place in my life. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, I have a very crazy idea for you. Back in the 80s, you know, we remember when they did Band-Aid. Yeah. Um, they did uh, We Are the World. Yes. And, and, as, and I've listened to your brand new album over and over again. Yeah. And, and I, and, but with talking to you, something popped in my head because of the fact that you had worked with Stevie Wonder. And I yeah. thought, I think Jonathan Butler is the perfect person to bring back and cover Ebony and Ivory, but do it with multiple artists, because I think now is the time to bring that song back. That is because a great, it's got a whole new meaning. That is a very, very great idea. That is a very, very beautiful and idea. And you're the man to do it because you have love in your heart. You have love for your fellow man, regardless of color. Yeah. And you have an anointing that most mainstream musicians don't have. And you have it. And and like you said, and, and I should have said this in my intro to you, you are an international, you are a global recording artist and I think it's time to bring Ebony and Ivory back and probably need to make a call to Stevie and Paul McCartney. <laughs> yeah. That'll be amazing. As a matter of fact, I will be doing something for Stevie uh, in September. And, you know, I do text him from time to time, but it takes a minute for him to get back to me. Um, uh, we did FaceTime one time, which was actually great. I think the next time we FaceTime, I'll actually sing it to him. And, and let him, uh, because it is an, it's an incredible song. It's a really incredible song. And, I and it's think relevant the, right now. The, the unity, the, 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 the unity is, is, is uh, you know, we need to bring people together. We really need to bring people Well, if back. you ever take it into the restore, uh, uh, recording studio, I want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think it's a great idea. I, I think... Uh, bringing people together. You know, this has been my lifelong dream. You know, even living in South Africa, you know, I I really wanted to see my country, you know. Uh, I wanted to see, when I, when I was a kid, it, I played to segregated audiences. And I moved to England, and after 10 years in London, you know, I, I said, well, you know, I don't want to go home and play and have to go through the same things, you know. And I remember the first, after that 10 years, I went back home and, and I had my first show, my, you know, and now I'm, now I'm back home as an international artist. And so it's packed with all colors of people in the room. And I had a moment, a, a quiet moment by myself, just to reflect on, uh, on that because it was something that I'd hoped for and wished for for many, many years. And coming to the States, you know, um, here I am playing for to everybody. I remember Nelson Mandela's seventy was it seventy fifth birthday um, at the Wembley Stadium. You know, it was a hundred thousand people, um, and there I am sitting on the stage playing the piano. I'm singing a, a gospel song that I wrote called "True Love Never Fails." You know, and and and. I had all the great musicians were there, but no, you know, no rehearsals. So I was 
introduced and, and I got on the stage and walked to the piano and I didn't really look out until I looked, you know, to my, to my right and saw the, like what looked like an ocean of people, you know, um, and the Lord had just, and, and, there, and that was my dream. That was my dream to see, you know, to play for everybody, you know, um, uh, and now I go around the world and, 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 and see, uh, see that reality, you know, uh, it's a, it's an amazing experience, which I don't take for granted. You know, it's, it's something I always wanted to connect people, you know, and music is that connective music is that one thing that, that brings people together all the time. It does. Time. And, and I've, and I've said this to my audience over and over again, music makes the world go around and it is the music that makes memories and sometimes yes. it's and sometimes music is the the background music or the music bed of our yeah. life and we have yeah. to thank people like you for creating it you know thank you the, the, it's almost like food you know uh, a song will remind you of us uh, where you were of a smell that you tasted, something you ate, something you had. And so um, it's music is like my cooking, you know, when I cook. My, that's my other part of creativity. Creativity for me outside of music is cooking because I cook like I'm making music, you know. I never know what it's going to be, but I know when I present it, it's gonna be very good, you know. So. Well, Jonathan, oh my goodness. And ladies and gentlemen, Jonathan Butler's brand new album, Ubuntu, is comprised of both emotionally moving instrumentals, such as the title track and the tenderly gorgeous, again, Peace and Shelter, co-composed with Yellow Jackets keyboardist Russell Ferrente, one, yes. one of three featuring Jonathan's wife, Nadira Kimberly Shrugs, on violin, and yes. vocals that include the message songs, Rainbow Nation, about the ongoing battle of equalizers versus dividers, and Our Voices Matter. If we look within, we won't go without. And When Love Comes In, featuring Keb Moe, the instant attention grabber is the cover of Stevie Wonder's classic Superwoman with Stevie on harmonica. So you need to head over to JonathanButler.com and buy this incredible album. And you know how I feel. Do not download music for free. You buy the music because it, it, it not only supports the artists and everyone connected into that music industry, but it makes music coming back to us. So sow that seed, like I like to say. And this yes. album, not only will it calm your heart, it'll get your foot to moving that you may start finding yourself dancing around the house. Uh, Jonathan, I want to thank you so much. I literally could talk to you for hours. You have been such a tremendous blessing to me and my audience. And uh, again, thank you for blessing us with your presence and, of course, your amazing music. Thank you, my brother. I appreciate you very much. And you started you started my day off right, so I'm very excited. Thank you, man. I'm blessed. Well, you are you are blessed, and ladies and gentlemen, I hope you have been blessed. And as for me, I'll see you next time. Next time, my brother. God bless you, man.